your teenager how to manage their money may not be as straightforward as you think. Personal finance only forms a tiny part of the curriculum at school, with teenagers often relying on their parents to learn vital lessons about managing money. But with teens sometimes resistant to anything their parents have to say, they may choose to ask others for advice or do things their own way. Parents may also not be the best source for financial literacy guidance, particularly if they have handled their own money matters badly. But is it really necessary to recruit the help of an expert to educate your children on how to manage their finances? Welcome to Pocketful of Durham's. I'm Alice Hayne and joining me today is Marilyn Pinto, founder of the Kids Finance Initiative, who explains the key lessons children need to learn as they navigate their way through their teenage years and on to university. Before we start, please do subscribe to Pocketful of Dirhams on your favourite podcasting app. Welcome back to the show, Marilyn. Oh, thanks for having me back, Alice. Now, teenagers and money, always an interesting topic and probably even more interesting for me because I've got a teenage daughter who's 14 and I'm always talking to her about money and saving. So do you find that most teenagers you meet in the UAE have good financial literacy levels? I wish I had a different answer, but unfortunately, no. Most teenagers in the UAE have really abysmal rates of financial literacy. But I guess there's some comfort in the fact that it doesn't matter whether the teenagers are from the UAE. And I've had the pleasure of teaching teens from all over the UK and uh, Europe, uh, Africa, Asia. The one thing they have in common is they're all abysmally bad at the subject. Uh, I guess the point to realize here is that it's not their fault. Uh, With teenagers... Financial literacy is an unconscious incompetence. They don't know that they don't know about money. They don't realize how important it is to know. They don't realize how crucial this skill is, um, you know, and how it's going to help them in in their lives. So, I guess as parents, it is our as as educators and parents, it is uh, our duty, our job, our responsibility to make sure that we take them from this journey of unconscious incompetence to unconscious competence. And when you say that they are, there is going to be a little bit of resistance. Yes, there. there will be because they don't know how important it is. Um, And and that's why we can understand the kind of resistance that they have to learning about the subject. Now, there is an element of personal finance in the curriculum in the UAE now, but it's very small, I understand. Can you tell me how much exposure they actually have to this topic in school? Mm. Again, I wish my answer was different, but uh, very little exposure. It's not just a because in, in school, I think when it is uh, a part of the curriculum, it, they usually mean that it's taught in business studies or in economics. But these subjects don't actually teach you how to deal with personal money. They don't teach you how to be smart about your own money and your own savings. Also, in schools, financial literacy tends to be taught as a math-based skill. And financial literacy isn't a math-based skill. There's a, there are so many components of financial literacy, which are the mindset, your attitude, and your behavior. And all of these need to be taken into consideration. And these are not even on the radar of most of most schools. So, yeah, I don't think that's very effective in the way that it's being taught currently. Often people, you know, particularly parents with young children, they will agonize how much pocket money they need to give their child and whether that should involve chores, et cetera, et cetera. But that, it, it becomes a very different scenario once the, the children get into their teenage years because you're dealing with a whole host of different challenges and they want more independence. They want to be able to spend their money more freely. So why does money become so much more important once a child hits their teenage years? Because teenagers want to assert their independence and they see their control of their pocket money or allowance as a great way to do that. And as parents, we should encourage that. We just have teens for a few years before they leave home to go off to university or to get a job. 
And when they do that, they're going to have to make important financial decisions. By and large, they do this with zero training in the subject. What we need to do is basically give them that independence and give them that chance to actually practice a little bit. The earlier we start, the more practice they have and they get to internalize it. Also, I, I would like to say that teenagers now are spending more money than any generation ever did before that. And uh, it is crucial that they learn how to spend it. For example, we wouldn't we wouldn't let our children start driving if they didn't take driving classes. And just like that, we should kind of link giving them an allowance or giving them independence with their allowance to them taking a, a class on financial education. So when should parents first start talking to their child about money? Are we, are we kind of going all the way back to toddler stage? When do we start bringing that language into the story? Yeah, as soon as your kid starts saying, I want, I think that's a good and that's a good time to start talking about money. So kids, um, they, they understand that they can grasp the concept of money by the time they're five or six years old. By the time they're eight or nine years old, their habits of money are actually already formed. So for parents and educators, the earlier you start, the better it is. It gives them more time to practice practice and internalize all of the learning. Uh, it also gives, I mean, I've taught kids you now, right, from seven up to 22 years old. And I can tell you, the older they come to us, the more difficult it is because they have more stuff to unlearn. When they come to us as kids, they are curious, they, 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 they want to learn. Uh, and this changes quite drastically to the time when if you, if you see a teenage class as well, you know, they come with very resistant to learning. It changes. It, it does change in the first, you know, 15, 20 minutes of the class. But it's just so much easier to start the younger that they are. And you're saying that you're having to help them unlearn some uh, topics is that because they've they've kind of watched their parents and their parents not necessarily getting their behavior right well i wouldn't just say parents i would say parents uh, the social influences their friends uh, you know it's it's not it's not just one aspect of it but their habits their mindset their form, all of this is formed by the time you're a teenager so there is quite a lot of unlearning to do and what about parents who are stressed about money or they're in debt? How do they ensure that they don't pass their fears around money onto their children? Uh, this is a tough one, especially in, in these times. You know, uh, Professor Scott Galloway from New York University states that uh, never to waste a crisis. And we are smack bang in the middle of the biggest crisis in modern history. Uh, I think we should use that. Use this as an opportunity to teach the kids and talk to them about money. Um, but again, when we do this, it is important to consider that we don't talk in a way that, that, that belies our anxiety. We should be talking. Our script should be thoughtful rather than anxious. And, and this, is, this is quite important. By also talking to kids about the money mistakes that we make kind of ensures that they don't repeat the same ones. So as I keep telling the kids, it's, this isn't about not making mistakes. This is just about not making the same stupid mistakes that the grown-ups before you did. So if you want to go out and make new mistakes, that's fine. But it's just unacceptable to be repeating the same mistakes uh, that you know your parents or your grandparents made. Now, not all parents are very good at actually passing on lessons around money. They don't maybe they might not be very clued up on it themselves. So where do you come in? What does your service offer to both teenagers and parents? So we offer a specially curated program. Our program literally changes and challenges the way your kids and preteens think about money. What we focus on is not just financial knowledge. We focus on mindset, behavior, attitude, because uh, it is only the confluence of these aspects that the kids will be able to gain from a more holistic financial education. 
what we also focus on is implementation. That's where it's important. Knowledge is, you know, it, it's not very difficult to get the knowledge, but what about the implementation? How do they put this in practice in their life? Our lessons give them actionable takeaways. They know what to do at the end of every lesson, how they can implement it in their lives right now, not in five years when they graduate or in seven years when they get a job. Whatever we are teaching uh, them is very relevant to their lives right now, and we give them actionable takeaways that they can begin to implement in their lives as well at this point. The other thing that we do is a parental engagement is really very key. You can't teach kids in a vacuum. You have to understand where their parents are coming from. The, it, we, we really get the parents on as partners in teaching them. A lot of the homework that we give the kids during the implementation phase has to do with the parents. Like talk to your parents about this, find out what they did about this, what, what did they... So it's a, it is a part where the parental engagement is, very, is a very key part of our program. In terms, and we, we promise, make, make this promise to the kids by the end of the program, you know, your kids are going to be smarter, richer, and, and braver. I say this because smarter because of all the things they've learned in the program, okay? Richer because all of this knowledge directly translates into saved or added wealth. And braver is because when you see teens who are able, who, who get this knowledge, they, their confidence really grows up because they feel more competent in the subject. And this combination of competence and confidence is just an amazing thing to see in a teenager. It makes them braver. It makes them able to recognize and take advantage of more opportunities that they otherwise would not have noticed or bothered with. So how much does it cost for somebody to enroll on your course? Again, uh, we have different packages and it really depends on which course uh, fits best for your child because not every program would be, we would recommend that. So we do a consultation first with the parent and the kids to see which one they, but by and large for the, for the preteens, it's 1,200 for a three-week program and for the teens, it's 2,400 for a four-week program. And not everyone can afford what you offer. I mean, it sounds lovely, but not everyone has a budget for that. So what advice would you give parents who do want to empower their teenagers about money? What should they start with? Should they be talking about credit cards or should they just go back to debt and saving and spending? What what should they introduce? I, I'd like to zoom out a little bit when you say afford, can't afford it, but I'd like to think of of it this way can they afford not to and i'm not saying come to me or come to our program i'm saying can you really afford not to teach your teens about this subject or not have and when i say teach them i, I really would recommend an, an expert or a professional for a couple of reasons and i'd like to get into that because like you mentioned before most parents don't have formal training on the subject they aren't sure what is the best way to teach their teens about money how to actually go about this and they also have their own money biases which they might pass on to their kids which is not really which isn't really helpful. The second reason why parents aren't the best people to teach their teens about money is because of the proximity bias. We are too close to our teens. They, for them to value any of our advice, and, and that, that's really difficult as well. We are too close to them. They don't, they don't, it's like white noise when we speak. Third reason is when you when you give this to an expert, you can rest assured that they will be talking about every single topic and they will cover it in detail to the extent that your child needs to know it, irrespective of how difficult it is to, to teach or how uncomfortable it is to discuss. But coming back to your question about what should parents do, I think parents should talk about money, talk about it, normalize it. Um, but the thing is that when parents usually talk about money, we switch into lecture mode, like you should be doing this, don't do this, don't spend... And when parents switch into lecture mode, teens tend to switch off. So that is one. Don't, don't switch into lecture mode. Uh, you know, sort of wrap your message around the story. As, as humans, and especially as teenagers, I think we are hardwired to listen to stories. So if we can wrap our message around the story, it really makes it so much more effective. The second thing I would say is be strategic about it. 
you know, focusing on things like allowance or debit cards, that is being very tactical about it. What I want you to do is take a more strategic outlook, focus on their behavior and their mindset, not just on the financial knowledge in terms of how you calculate compound interest. That is important. But what is more important possibly is their behavior, their mindset, their attitude. So I'd say be more strategic around that. Um, The third is to start early. You know, you don't have to wait till they're teenagers either. Uh, You know, right from the time they're nine, ten, it is a great time to start talking to them. And it's the time that they learn quickly. It's the first window of learning. It's the most effective time to teach them anything. You also see results so quickly. The the younger you teach them, the quicker you see the results, which is which is great. Um, And the other thing I would say is give. Give them some control after that. So once they've had some sort of basic financial education, then it's time to cede control, whether it's with allowances, whether it's letting them plan something, whether it's letting them budget for themselves. All of this really gives them some real life experience into actually doing that. Will they mess up? Yeah, maybe. But I'd rather they mess up now with a few hundred dirhams and, you know, when they're grown up and they're messing around with hundreds of thousands of dirhams because they don't understand and they haven't done it before. So that's those are just a few tips that I think parents should consider. One thing I found that really helps is because I have a son and a daughter, so a 14-year-old and an 11-year-old, is that we we discuss all our financial decisions with them. You know, we're buying a house, so we discuss the price and and how much we might want to borrow and all those kinds of things. And we make it clear this is a, a discussion within the family that stays within the family, but we make them part of that conversation. So we talk about it openly over dinner. And that strategy I found is very, very useful because they start thinking about how they're going to save for a house and, and what their future might be. So just making them part of our everyday conversations around money has been very useful and with a son and a daughter we make sure that the conversation is the same for both of them but do you find that some parents might differentiate between sons and daughters and teach them differently well statistically yes uh i there's just research to prove that parents tend to talk more to their sons than their daughters about all things money and investing and saving they just it's just a natural thing for them to do and as women, I think we are kind of also guilty about it because irrespective of how well uh, teens tend to ask their parents, they tend to go to their moms rather than their dads when they have questions about money or issues with money. And most moms, no matter how professionally successful they are, probably running their own businesses, they still play the ask your dad card, signaling that money is a man's domain. Now, this is something that we, it just it just needs to stop because, uh, you know, uh, it, it it is so important to realize that women need the financial literacy, probably, and I'm not saying as much, probably more, because women tend to live longer and we earn less over the course of our lifetime. So this messaging, this education becomes crucial for us. And I think the the gender bias should absolutely come to a full stop. What about other factors? I mean, you've talked, you mentioned about having an allowance and credit cards and debit cards. How do parents know when to get all that balance right? I mean, Yes, they might need an allowance, but should they try and get some kind of job as well? I mean, that could be sometimes quite tricky in the UAE. I mean, how do they find that balance between giving them some kind of income every month from the parents, but also trying to make them a bit more sort of independent to learn how to earn on their own? When it comes to getting a job, I'm all for it. I think it's great. And I know what you're saying. It is tough for in the UAE for teenagers to get jobs, but you can always give them opportunities to earn, uh, you know, whether it's doing things around the house. This needs to not be linked to household chores. I am I'm not in favor of linking, uh, linking allowances to, to household chores because 
that's part of what you do as being part of a family unit. But there are opportunities for them to earn uh, within within the family. And for example, my my daughter loves to bake. She's 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 twelve, but she can she cooks really well and she bakes. So if if we're going visiting or or if we want to you know take something for somebody instead of ordering something, I will ask her to make it. And uh, she she does some really nice stuff. Or if she will make a three course meal for the family for the four of us, she actually makes like a, a starter, a main course, and a dessert. Then yes, that's an opportunity for her to earn some some extra pocket money and uh, she and she loves it because she loves what she uh, what she does and for for the rest of us it's great as well so opportunities like this that i think that we can encourage uh, teens again not linking it to the household chores which is which is really important another reason why it's important for teens to have that sort of that sort of uh, feeling of uh, ownership of their own money is because they're more attached to their own money and they will spend it uh, spend it better than they will their parents' money. For example, my kids love stationery. Just now, again, liking stationery and using stationery are two very different things. So if we go stationery shopping and if they know that I'm going to buy stuff for them, then they're just dumping stuff into the into the basket. But then I started giving them, I'm like, okay, this is your stationery allowance. This is what you're going to buy. This is your money. You can choose to do what you want with it. Suddenly now they are choosing, looking at the best price. They're looking at, do they have this at home already? Is there something that they could use? They would never think of doing that if they knew I was paying for that. They're attached to their own money. It helps when they're earning their own money because it, it it introduces the concept, I think, of limited finance. They have just whatever, 100, 200, or 300 dirhams. They know they have to make do. With their parents, they think, well, we have a lot of money. We pay for the rent, we pay for the house, we pay, or we, we pay for school, we pay for the car. They think we have a lot of money. So, you know, a little bit here and there is not going to make a big difference. When they're using their own funds, however, everything comes up for a second discussion, which is great. Yes, it definitely works, making sure <laughs> them understand their own money and rather than thinking that I've got this endless pot. Um, but also with banking as well. I mean, my daughter, both my children now have online bank accounts. They have a savings account. They have a debit card. They can they can check up and see how much money they've got spent. And they really do think about it very carefully now. What is the best approach for that? Again, I would like to just zoom out a little bit and say that these are tactical approaches. I would like it to be. I would like it to be a little more strategic in terms of what is their mindset around money, what 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 are they looking at, what are their goals, and things like that. Because just having a bank account or a debit card is no guarantee that they understand anything about money. I have kids in my class who get an allowance of four thousand dirhams a month and who have credit cards, for example, have no limit on them, and they know absolutely nothing about it. They don't know what a statement is. They've never seen a statement. So. Uh, all of these are tactics which work really well and very similar to budgeting apps as well. All of these things work well once for the financially savvy. So once you understand how money works, then these things really help. But uh, it is crucial to give them that understanding first. And now I think there are a lot of, I know I've already been contacted, lots of banks which are offering accounts for teenagers or offering uh, debit cards for, for teenagers as well. So the offerings are going to start in the next couple of months. Now, obviously, as teenagers get older, the language needs to change again. You know, what you're telling a 13-year-old is very different to what you might be telling someone at 17, 18, about to go off to university, manage their own budget, you know, pay for their own food. So how do you kind of build up to that as, as the teen years go through? There's not much differentiation just because... Um they understand that. that when, when you're teaching personal finance, there are very there are few concepts. So it, personal finance isn't like this long, drawn-out list of subjects or topics that is going to carry on for years. It, it, that's, it, that's just a misconception. There are a few basic concepts that they need to understand. And once they do that, they can very easily adapt them to their situation, which is what we do. So we first start with, the, with, with teaching them about their mindset and how to develop a proper mindset. Then we go on to spending wisely, why saving is important. We talk about compound interest. Again, all of these these things are 
very relevant to their lives right now. For example, compound interest. They might learn it in school, but I have yet to come across a teenager who can explain it or who understands how it relates to them in their real life when it actually does. It's the most powerful force in the universe. It, you know, it when it comes to reading, eating healthy, or um, exercising. That's where compound interest. That's how you can use to explain it. Um, so we we don't differentiate in terms of the content. When whether you're 15 or 18, these are concepts that you need to know and very easy to understand. We break it down into ways that are really simple for them to understand as well. Um, but what we do is when it comes to investing, because that is a topic as well, we make sure that we leave investing for the last bit. So we build investing is like the roof of the house. You cannot teach a child about investing if they don't understand the basics, if they don't have a strong foundation. So we make sure that the kids have a really strong foundation in the basics in terms of saving and budgeting and, and credit and debt and understanding all of that, and then teach them about investing. And should parents be open about how they invest their money? You know, once the children learn about investing, they need to find out, you know, how are their parents investing their money? It's interesting. It's definitely an interesting conversation and something. And, and I think I can tell you, kids find talking about money fascinating. They, they really do. Uh, and a lot of our uh, discussion and implementation goes around, okay, find out what your parents are doing and if they can share that and, and then talk, you know, talk about it to them. It is something that they are absolutely fascinated about. And it's great for them to, to understand it as well, I think. Well, my son tells me he's going to be a billionaire, so I really look forward to that. <laughs> But with that in mind, what are the top three things parents should do now, particularly parents who haven't started those conversations about money with their teenagers? What should they be talking about right now, those top three things? I wouldn't say it's just about topics. Start talking about money, just in general. If you say, if you're going to say, okay, I'm going to sit down with you and we're going to talk about these topics, you've you've lost the kids that hello, that, that's it. But you sort of weave it into your normal day, into your normal talk with them. Normalize talking about money. That's what is really important. Um, and that that would be the number one. Number two is, you know, taking from what you've done already involve the kids in your money decisions they they are they're great at it they love to learn it's a great way to involve them and to and, and to make them feel engaged on the topic as well Uh, the third one is once they have learned the basics, once they understand the basics, allow them to control, allow them to control their allowance, allow them to control, allow them to plan a budget or two. Uh, and this really goes a long way in, in teaching them how to make smarter money decisions. Thank you this week to Marilyn Pinto. If you would like advice on your personal finance issues, you can write to me on pf at the national.ae. And remember that PF stands for personal finance. Please do subscribe to the podcast in your podcasting app to receive weekly updates and leave us a review so we know what you think. This episode was produced by Arthur Edison. I've been your host, Alice Haynes.